and welcome to On Leading with Greatness. I'm Jim Salvucci of Guidance for Greatness. This week's installment, where are you on the Picard Yoda leadership continuum? Grab your space helmet and strap in, folks. We're about to launch into one of the universe's greatest conundrums. Which is superior, Star Wars or Star Trek? As a sci-fi devotee who will sit through the most tedious space travel saga, I am too familiar with this cosmic clash and how it reflects our culture. Indeed, tech columnist Kara Swisher explains how this space opera showdown reveals two distinct ways of perceiving the world. First, there is the Star Wars view, which pits the forces of good against the dark side. Then there is the Star Trek view, in which a crew works together to travel to distant worlds like an interstellar Benenton commercial, promoting tolerance and persuading villains not to be villains. As someone who had the arduous privilege of being a 12-year-old boy when Star Wars came out, you'd figure I would be firmly Team Skywalker, right? While I reveled in it as a kid, though, now I find the Star Wars universe as appetizing as a soggy Bantha sandwich. Kara Swisher nailed it when she revealed the Star Wars universe to be a simplistic tug-of-war between good and evil. It's also black and white, with little room for moral ambiguity. Sure, they try to muddy it up a bit, but in the end, you're either a goody-two-shoes Jedi sympathizer or cue the menacing John Williams score a cackling Sith Lord. It's all too pat and too rote and too easy, and the good guys always win. Or do they? Oh wait, yes they do. Sort of. Quick, run the sequel. In contrast, the Star Trek tales offer a more nuanced and, dare I say, realistic moral universe. Yes, the good guys tend to win, but it can be complicated a little unsettled and morally ambiguous. Swisher's description of Star Trek as an interstellar Benenton commercial is a gentle but apt jibe. But it is not an insult. The Star Trek universe privileges inclusion, teamwork, and set values in color-coordinated clothing, just like Benenton. In Star Trek, even old and bitter enemies can become fast allies. Ethical dilemmas and philosophical inquiry abound and whole plot lines are built around erroneous assumptions and miscommunication, reminding us that, universal translators notwithstanding, cultural understanding isn't a given. The very titles of Star Wars and Star Trek sum them up perfectly. Star Wars is, naturally enough, about a war. This one being between a ragtag band of goody-two-shoes and a cartoonishly evil empire. Every plot is like a shuttlecock, back and forth, back and forth, and at no point do we learn what's so desirable about being a Jedi, except perhaps innate sanctimony and the opportunity to gavot about in comfy smocks. And for that matter, what exactly is the downside of the dark side? Hideously deteriorated skin? You know that the dark side is where all the fun is. Star Trek, on the other hand, is just that, a trek, an arduous journey fraught with challenges. The show features a universal striving toward an ideal. Not perfection, mind you, but a genuine effort to explore, to learn, and to spread peace. In Star Trek, there is some of that same moral back and forth, and the vaunted Federation loves to shoot and blow things up just as much as the Guild of Star Wars characters. Still, the Federation also aspires, first and foremost, 
to seek out new life and new civilizations, and revels in first contact with new species to befriend rather than to conquer or to dominate. Join us, they say. We have Ractagino and Saurian Brandy, before adding, we also have values and we're not afraid to self-correct when we stray from them. Ah yes, the values. That's what sets Star Trek apart and makes it more appealing than the moral chiaroscuro that is the Star Wars universe. Simply put, Star Trek truly offers a new hope for humanity. Not just good guys bashing bad guys. The people of Star Trek are enlightened, educated, intellectually curious, accepting, and rarely fanatical. They want to be good, and they want to share that goodness. Sure, they can be self-righteous jerks at times, but at least they have a clearly articulated and somewhat lived set of values undergirding them and not just some elitist telekinetic woo-woo. Plus, Star Trek gives us a more realistic way of dealing with our own phaserless world issues. From the get-go, the original series promoted diversity and nobly tackled contemporary cultural problems, albeit ham-handedly. In the future that Star Trek represents, many of our contemporary social ailments have, in fact, been cured, which allows the show to allegorically address the finer realities of being human, our needs, our failures, our hopes, in a way that the morally uncomplicated Star Wars just can't. If you know where to look, Star Trek can even offer guideposts for how to behave in the workplace, which you just knew I'd get around to. And yes, valuable leadership lessons abound. Quick question, looks aside, who would you rather have as your boss? The hairy melon ball Yoda, or for that matter any Star Wars character, or the chrome-domed Jean-Luc Picard? If you have to think about this, you clearly have not been paying attention all these years. Yoda has his virtues, but he is an arrogant, syntactically challenged curmudgeon with a needlessly sharp temper. He's a lonely soul, a lone wolf, just like virtually every other Jedi. By the way, have you ever noticed what happens when the Jedi's team up to fight the dark side? They get massacred! The Star Wars characters are at their best a bunch of loners, as suitable for spaghetti westerns as for space operas. Picard, on the other hand, is wise, dedicated, inclusive, and frighteningly articulate. He is a team builder and a man of deep conviction. These are qualities he shares with his counterparts in other Star Trek series. Sure, he's flawed, being human and all that, but that's the core of his appeal. Whenever he, in his human weakness, strays from his values, trouble and plot complications ensue. Then he course corrects, which is what makes him a mature leader, someone you want to follow because you know he's always striving to do better. As for Yoda, he just wants to contemplate stuff as a hermit, master the force, tell everyone what to do, and occasionally kill bad guys. He's a kid's version of a leader, a short, green, magical G.I. Joe. As ancient as he is, his outlook is childlike, but not in a good way. You see, there's a continuum between Picard-style leadership and Yoda-style, between the consensus builder and the boss. And if you are inclined to claim Yoda is a great teacher, I can assure you as an educator that he is not. I've been fooled by his type in the past, but he can't dupe me now. Now, I'd much rather learn from and work for Picard or any of the other Star Trek leaders. I'd much rather live in the Star Trek universe and toil in the Star Trek workplace, where everyone knows the mission, knows their role in pursuing that mission, and actually wants to pursue that mission. Crises usually arise from outside that culture, but even when they come from within, they are no match for the shared ideals of the Federation. It's not a utopia, but it is a reasonable facsimile, and one that can serve as a lofty aspiration for humanity. 
What it all comes down to is that the Star Trek universe, with its aspirational vision and its focus on exploration, peace, and self-improvement, is the one that leaders must strive for. The Picard or Cisco or Janeway or Pike or even Kirk style of leadership is far superior to anything that happens leadership-wise in Star Wars. General Solo? Seriously? It's no accident that one saga is set inaccessibly a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, while the other is set in our future, a future filled with potential and optimism. We'd be wise to emulate its starship captains and reach toward their ideals. And finding even glimmers of the Star Trek vision in our present is worth the trek. Don't you think? Where are you on the space opera leadership continuum? Are you more a Picard or a Yoda? Leaders must have, communicate, and live a vision steeped in values, and I can help. If you want to join the movement to guide young bosses to be the next generation of great leaders, or just share your thoughts, let's talk. Schedule a conversation with me. Join the conversation by leaving a comment and leave a like or review. If you know someone who would enjoy this essay, please share it. Thank you to all my subscribers. If you are not yet a subscriber, be sure to sign up to have on Leading with Greatness sent weekly to your inbox. I look forward to hearing from you.